the righteousness of faith. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to hear from you once again and see and hear what you're saying and showing. We receive you now. And we welcome your presence. In the name of Jesus, we set ourselves to hear what you have to say, and we thank you for it once again. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to talk about authority. We're going to talk about power, righteousness, and all this based in humility. I'm talking about humility versus pride. Humility is required. Humility is of necessity to operate in authority in the kingdom of God in the earth. I'm going to go to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Habakkuk. Now, he says here, Behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yes, also because he transgressed by wine, he is a proud man. Now I'm going to stop right there and look at this. The just shall live by his faith. The just, those that are declared righteous, shall live by his faith, shall live by the Lord Jesus's faith by the faith of God. Jesus said, have the faith of God in Mark eleven twenty two, but also by your faith, your faith in him, the just. You have been declared righteous if you have been, if you've received the righteousness of God. If you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and you believe that in your heart and you've confessed it with your mouth, you have become the righteousness of God by the faith of Jesus Christ, the just. Those that are declared righteous, that would be you, shall live by his faith. But you notice in verse 4 and 5 that it's surrounded by pride. Pride and righteousness do not go together. It requires humility to receive the righteousness of God through the faith of Jesus rather than pride which attempts to establish its own righteousness through natural and sensual means. What do I mean by that? Romans 10 will tell us. If you go to Romans 10, third verse, you will see it says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, let's back up to chapter 5 and we will see how this pertains to our authority. Verse 17. Romans 5:17 If by one man's offense death reigned by one that offense that one that's Adam Adam's transgression Adam's rebellion in the garden against a direct command from the father submitting to the seduction of the enemy death reigned much more they which receive abundance of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Verse 21, so that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you see righteousness, you see grace, and you see ruling. They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one man Jesus who is the Messiah. All of the graces and the gift of righteousness are rooted in humility. How can I say that? Well, he talks about grace. He talks about grace. Go over to James, fourth chapter, and you're going to see this even clearer yet still. Talking about grace, talking about humility, and talking about authority over the enemy, the devil, sin, death, hell, the grave, and all of its works, and all of that mess that is being pushed upon people that will yield to it to cause confusion and trouble in the earth. We have the authority. We are the church. James chapter 4, verse 6. He the Lord God, gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. God resists. He sets himself against pride and against those that are doing proud things and yielding to pride. But he gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now notice this. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Submit or humble yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, resist pride, resist the proud one, the one that's pushing pride, and pride will flee from you because God sets himself against the proud and against pride. You see the connection here between receiving his grace and humility, and grace reigns through righteousness, and as you have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness because you're a humble man submitted to the authority of the Father God and the word of Jesus, you now reign in life as a king. You're a king. Do you realize that? You can reign as a king. Just like a king reigns. How does a king reign? He reigns and he rules with words. And his servants and his subjects carry out the commands. You have angels that have been given to you as ministering spirits sent forth by the Lord Jesus, the Lord of hosts, to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. So you as an heir of salvation can speak the word of God and those angels will hearken to those words, not because you're commanding angels, but because they're obeying Jesus. And when you speak the word of God in the name of Jesus, the angels respond. They work on your behalf and they will carry it out. You are a king in this earth. Get the reality of this. Don't let this slip by you. Think about this. This is not a game. This is real. This is real. These things are going on right now. There are real, definite spiritual forces that are invisible, both right and wrong, both good and evil, both holy and wicked. And they are the influences in the earth. And whatever a man yields to, 
a man will allow access to that spirit and the operation and the function and the results of that spirit's influence will be in the earth. Well, we need to be the dominating force, the force of righteousness, the force of holiness, the force of victory, the force of truth, the force of life and liberty and everything correct and right with the Lord Jesus himself. 1 Peter 5 says similar things, talking about us resisting the enemy. Now, it says in chapter 5, verse 5, in Luke, excuse me, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, 1 Peter 5, 5, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. You have authority because you're under authority. The centurion in Matthew 8 and Luke 7 that Jesus was interacting with, he came to Jesus. He was a centurion, and he came to Jesus asking Jesus to come heal his servant. The centurion had a servant under his authority, and he said to Jesus, I also am a man under authority, having those under me. The centurion recognized that Jesus was under spiritual headship authority, that he had authority over him, and that authority is none other than the Father himself. And that if Jesus would be receiving the faith and the words and the power and the authority to speak to that centurion, that centurion could then relay that to his servant, and that servant would be healed. And Jesus gave him the command, the centurion's servants went, the centurion received that command, and the servant was healed. He had authority because he was under authority. He had authority because he was under authority. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Be clothed with humility, humble-mindedness. Have a humble, sober mind, not an intoxicated, proud mind, a haughty, puffed-up mind. No, humble, humble. Verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humility brings exaltation from the Father. The proud seek to set themselves up. But it tells us in Proverbs that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Those that set themselves up of their own accord, those that are yielding to proud spirits and set themselves up and operate in pride, they will fall. Sooner or later, they will fall. But those that humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt in due time. The first will become last, and the last will become first. Hallelujah. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Why? Why that? Because care, worry, anxiety, and all those things, all the distractions and the solicitude, it's all from the enemy. It gives him an open door. It gives him space into your mind and into your thoughts. And if he's in your mind and thoughts with his mess, <laughs> dealing with you like that, then you're going to yield in word. You're going to yield in deed. Your emotions are going to be all messed up. You're going to get weak. He tells us in verse 8, be sober. 
Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He cannot devour everyone. He has to seek for someone. He's looking for entrance. He's looking for access, just like he did with Job. If you read the book of Job, especially the beginning of it, Satan was looking for access. He wasn't finding any. He finally found a little crack, and he got in there and began wreaking havoc in his life and destroying everything. He is a roaring line. He makes a bunch of noise, but he's all bark and no bite. He can't do anything unless you let him do it. And he can only do it if he hijacks your authority and your power and you do it to yourself. Or if someone else yields to it and they inflict it upon you and you're the victim of it. But we have authority over the devil. We have authority over wicked spirits. We have a higher authority. It's the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And whether it's on us directly or through another person to us, we can stop it. We can bind it. We can forbid it. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Those that are righteous by faith are humble. They're not proud. That's how we can resist in the faith because the Lord opposes, sets himself against, resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The grace of authority. Authority is a grace gift. Righteousness is a grace gift. It's the Father himself by his spirit and through the living word, getting involved in your life, in your situations, in your circumstances, in your mouth to bring about a desired end. He's going to help you. He's going to bless you. He's going to equip you with the anointing of his spirit to remove every burden, to destroy every yoke, and to raise every dead situation up to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you've suffered a while, the Greek word says to experience a pain or a sensation or oh oppression. Once you sense anything of the enemy, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Exercise your righteousness. Now understand, this is humility that we're talking about here. We need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And humility requires trust. We cannot willingly submit to what and whom we do not trust. Humility requires us to be dependent upon the Father, His Word, and Spirit. We must be in a state of continual dependence upon Him, union with Him, communion with Him, drawing from Him as our source, drawing from His grace, drawing from His Word, drawing from His Spirit. Do not rely on yourself as the source, meaning don't rely on the natural things. Don't rely on sensual things alone. They're incomplete. The visible, the sensual, the natural things are the smallest of the reality. The greatest reality is the invisible, spiritual, godly things. Those are the greatest reality. 
Amen. That is the greatest reality. Authority and power over the enemy and the keys of heaven to bind and loose and the wisdom and ability to govern from the spirit realms over the natural realm, which includes governments. <laughs> Not just demons, but the governments that are being pushed on and influenced by demons. This comes out of humility. This comes out of submission to the Father and His Word, His leadership, the Holy Spirit, and relying upon Him as source. We have authority over the realms in the earth. We have authority over what's going on because we are humble. We receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, and we therefore reign in life as a king. Final scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 starting in verse 7 this is Paul the apostle and he says lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me and here's what Jesus said to him in verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. There's Paul. He's got a devil bugging him. He's trying to get him into pride. He's trying to take him from his place of humility and that place of receiving abundant revelation from God and being able to teach it to the church. And he's trying to get him into a place of pride, a place where the revelation will no longer flow, a place where he can no longer be effective as an apostle to the church. And he's begging the Lord, get this thing off me. It's trying to get me into pride. It's trying to mess with me. It's buffeting me. It's a thorn in my flesh. Get it away from me. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, Paul, if you will humble yourself under my mighty hand, if you will submit to my word, you resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. You resist that devil and that devil will flee from you. He will no longer be assaulting your mind with the attacks and the lies and he will no longer have the ability to get to you through other people. <laughs> you are humble and you are blessed. Remember to keep a humble mind and walk in the Spirit. Receive from Him. He is your only source. You must be in union and communion and dependent upon the Father Himself. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.